clap your hands unto the Lord and give him praise if you're glad to be at church on Sunday morning. Now, if you're mad that you're here and you're not happy to be here, you've got every right to sit down and be quiet. But if you're glad to be in the house of the Lord, somebody make some Holy Ghost noise. Hallelujah. Oh, come on. I think you can do a little bit better than that. Is that all he's done for you? Is that the only way he made? Come on, somebody on a Sunday morning has got a testimony of the goodness of God. You don't have to wait till we get to the altar call, but you need to just go ahead and give God praise right now. Thank you for bringing me back to church. Thank you for breath in my body. I don't, you don't have to do anything. I just came to praise you. I just came to magnify you. Woo! Hallelujah. Hey. My, 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 my. Now, the devil would love for it to just be average and ordinary church, but it feels like Holy Ghost Church in here, Pastor Bradford. Woo! Hallelujah, hallelujah. Matthew chapter 6, Matthew chapter 6, verse 25. Now, while you're turning there, I want to say how good it is to be back in Bakersfield. This church, love what God is doing here. Best is yet to come. Give honor today to wonderful pastor. First Lady, love them so much. And, and I said it and I'll say it again. If you got a problem with Brother and Sister Bradford, you got a problem with me. And that's a problem. <laughs> Amen. I love them so much. How many are thankful to be in God's house one more time? Man. You know, I, I, I never want to get to the place to where this becomes mundane. I don't ever want this to be just another Sunday morning service. I don't ever want to just come to church because that's what we do. When I come to church, I want to come with a mind made up to worship. We get everything I can out of every service. God, I'm going to squeeze every drop I can out of it. Amen. Because when you come to church with that attitude, I promise you, you'll leave with a miracle. You, you can take it to the bank. When you come to church expecting something from the Lord, you will leave with something from the Lord. Matthew chapter 6, verse 25 Jesus speaking here, he says, Therefore I say unto you, take no thought for your life, what ye shall eat, or what ye shall drink, nor yet for your body, what ye shall put on, is not the life more than meat, and the body than raiment. Jesus says, Behold, or look, the fowls of the air, for they sow not, neither do they reap, nor gather into barns, yet your heavenly Father feedeth them. And then Jesus asks them a question. And he simply asked them, are ye not much better than they? And with that being said, I want to preach to you on this wonderful Sunday morning, better than the birds. Better than the birds. Would you pray with me right now? God, we love you. We thank you. We worship you. We give you glory. Come on, somebody lift your voice with me. Don't leave me by myself. God, we need you today. We can't do it without you. We got to have a touch of your spirit. We got to have a touch of the anointing of God the anointing that destroys every yoke. God, we pray right now your Holy Spirit would fall in this place. God, drive out every spirit of doubt. Drive out every spirit of unbelief. Help us, God, to do your will. Come on, don't, don't just do it because it's what we do. I want you to pray right now. Pray intently. Jesus, we're asking you, Lord, to have your way right now. Open my mind. Open my heart. Open my spirit. Let me do your will in this service tonight. In Jesus' name we pray. Somebody give the Lord another hand clap of praise. Woo. Oh, come on, don't just clap your hands, but make it a hand clap of praise. 
Magnify the Lord with me. Exalt his name together. Woo! Holy Ghost. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. You may be seated in the fear of the Lord. When you begin to read the account of creation, it is very evident that God is greatly enthralled with his creation. When it's just something, it's, it's even in our nature, it's something different when you buy something or when you build something. Uh, I, I have no qualms telling you that as of recent, me and my wife have been remodeling a house and, and everybody that walks in, I tell them, I built that. I did that. You see them cabinets? Mm-hmm. That's me. And some of y'all wondering, what in the world do them cabinets look like? <laughs> they look good. I built them. It's, it's our nature that when we build something to be proud of it. And God is the same way. God is greatly enthralled with his creation. The workmanship of God is evident, in my opinion, in every mountain, in every river. He is the God that orchestrates the trees to change colors in the fall and the flowers to produce in the spring. Everything you see is here because God created it and God allowed man the wisdom to evolve it to where it is today. In Genesis chapter 1, Moses begins writing in the form of a song with revelation from God or what it was like to be there when the earth was void and without form. And I don't have time to get into this, but he takes us through creation. And after God creates, he separates. Ooh, somebody say he could preach that, but I ain't going to. I'm not, I'm not, we're not going there today. God walks through creation, then he walks through separation. He separates the day from the night, the land from the sea, intricately walking through the earth, making it what he wanted it to be. Can I tell you? that God is not just happening through this thing, but God has it all figured out. God is not making this up as he goes, but God has a plan. God is not trying to figure out the pieces to the puzzle. God created the puzzle. And so, friend, I've come to tell you, if you're worried, don't, because God is bigger than whatever it is that you're dealing with. <laughs> Hallelujah. And so, because God is so connected to, to nature, because he created it, it only seems right that God would refer to it all throughout Scripture as, as John boldly states, without him nothing was made that was made. In Matthew chapter 5 through chapter 7, it is what we have dubbed the Sermon on the Mount. Again, this is just my opinion, but you can take any given scripture in these three chapters and put them in context. And from this excerpt of scripture, you can learn how to be a Christian. You can learn how to walk by faith. You can learn how to get along with your brother. You can learn the fruits of the Spirit. You will find out how to be humble and to keep your temper in check by turning the other cheek. Somebody say, help me, Jesus. <laughs> you can find all that in just three chapters. That's a whole lot to chew on. But Jesus is teaching, and you will find that the driving force of this portion of, uh, of sermon that Jesus is teaching us is to seek the kingdom of God and make his kingdom our focus. And as he does that, he tells us, wow, you're making the kingdom of God your focus. Take no thought. For tomorrow, for tomorrow will take thought for itself. Take no thought for what you shall eat or what you shall drink. And, and when I read that, it, it kind of just bumps me a little bit because my reasoning is why wouldn't I worry about tomorrow? Anybody with me this morning? I, am I by myself? Why, why, why wouldn't I? I mean, does that make sense to you? It don't make sense to me. Why would I not worry about tomorrow? Because the way I think is if I'm thinking about what I'm going to do tomorrow, I'm a little bit better structured, Brother Bradford. 
I'm a little bit more like you. If I know what I'm going to do tomorrow, then I, I can know how to plan my day. I can know what I'm, I, I can set everything in order. So why would I not worry about tomorrow? I'd be more prepared. I'd have everything in line. But Jesus then stops us and he says, I want you to look at the fowl of the air. They don't plant gardens. They don't build barns, yet your heavenly Father feeds them. And it's at this point I want you to understand that he created the fowl of the air, and he created them to do what they do before he created, he ever created mankind. They came first. They were there when Adam was, was formed from the dust of the earth. They were flying limb to limb when Adam took his first breath. But there was an adoration that God had for mankind that he did not have for the birds. He created the birds in their image and to do what they do. But can I tell you, he created man in his image. And when he created man in his image, he made a connection with man that no matter what was going on in his world, there was a God connection that was stronger than anything else in the world. I said all of that to say simply this, child of God, don't worry because when you're a child of the Lord, you're better than the birds and if God is taking care of the birds then God is going to take care of you if God is his eye is on the sparrow then you better believe that his eye is on you if he knows what they're doing you better believe he knows what you're doing and you may think you came to church on a Sunday morning just happening through life but you need to understand that you've got a connection to something that's bigger than you You've got, oh my God, you got a connection to a God of heaven and of earth, and he's on your side. Hallelujah. This is Jesus Christ's way of simply looking into 2022 and saying, child, don't worry. You know what you need to do today? You need to turn your worry into worship. Because let me tell you something. Worry is a distraction from the divine. Worry will keep your eyes off of what God is doing. Worry will put you in a position to where God will move in a service and you'll miss everything that he's doing because you're worried about what's going on in your world and in your house. Can I tell you, I'm not worried about what's going on in this kingdom because in this kingdom, there's going to be there's going to be disruptions. In this kingdom, there's going to be failures. In this kingdom, there's going to be faults. In this kingdom, people are going to do me wrong, but I'm not a part of this kingdom. I'm a part of a kingdom and his kingdom, there shall be no end. In the kingdom, I'm a part of. The king takes care of his children. In the kingdom I'm a part of, the bills get paid by the great provider. In the kingdom I'm a part of, the sick are healed by the great healer. In the kingdom I'm I'm a part of a kingdom where the ones that suffer can rejoice. The ones that are in bondage can get a breakthrough. I've come to tell you today, you're a part of a kingdom where the king is looking out for you. And he says, my child, you're better than the bird. I know there's division in this kingdom. I, I know there's hate in this kingdom. But I'm not a part of this kingdom. And so the challenge for me and the challenge for you is to figure out how do I get my eyes of what's going on in this world into what's going on in the world I'm a part of. 
This week, I told y'all, this, this is God's honest truth. Don't, don't get around me if stuff breaks on you all the time. Because I make it worse. I was driving home. I had my truck parked in Kansas, and I was driving home. And uh, uh, there was a whole list of stuff happening in Kansas that I can't get into. I ain't got time for that. But I, I left Kansas, driving home. Me and my son are driving down the road. It was foggy. Boy, it was foggy. And I hit something in the road, and it flung up off my front tire, knocked my door handle off my truck. Now, listen, you can make a country boy mad real quick. Don't touch my wife and kids. Don't touch my dog. Don't touch my gun. And don't touch my truck. Somebody felt like running the aisles right then. Come on, somebody. I had something in the road. It flung up. It flung a word out here. It flung up, hit my door handle, knocked it off. I walked half a mile down the road. I was mad. I ain't going to lie to you. I was mad. Why is this always happening to me? I get in the light. I got scratches and dents and paint knocked out. My Chevrolet truck. God help it. I'm, you know, I'm like, okay, whatever. I keep driving down the road. I get an hour from home. I've been driving all day. Been driving 10 hours. I ain't, I ain't happy about what's happening right now. I get an hour from my house, and my back end starts doing that wobble. Grant you, last week I just put four brand new tires on my truck. Because, of course, it couldn't have happened when I had the spare on there. Does anybody have life like I got life? Tire goes boom. Pull over in the driveway. I don't know whose driveway it is. And I just put it in park, and I had my son with me. And he looked at me. He said, Daddy, the tire's gone. I said, I know. So I get out of my truck, slam the door. And Jameson knew this is not a good time to get out the truck. But he did it anyway. He said, Daddy, what are we going to do? I'll be honest with you. I wanted to throw something. But this little still small voice sitting on my shoulder, this is what he told me, practice what you preach. So you know what I did? I grabbed that little boy by the hand, and we started running around the truck. He said, Daddy, what are we doing? I said, we're praising God. Because getting mad ain't going to fix it anyway. Oh, I just preached to you, and you missed it right there. I said, getting mad ain't going to fix it anyway. Throwing stuff ain't going to fix it anyway. Getting mad at the church and leaving ain't going to fix it anyway. Life is going to happen. And when life hits you between the eyes, you got to figure out, i got a God that's bigger than all of this stuff. And because he's bigger than this, I'm not going to get mad. I'm going to start worshiping. I'm going to start with somebody that life and hits you between the eyes on a Sunday morning. Would stand up, throw your hands in the air, and say, I'm still better than the birds. And that's reason enough for me to shout. I'm still better than the birds and that's reason enough for me to worship. Say preacher that's simple. I know it's simple. 
but it's the simple things that confound the wise. And if you can ever figure out, you may look, you may look ridiculous running around a truck with a blowed out tire. But can I tell you something? That God knows what's going on. And in the middle of all of that, peace like a river. Joy like you can't explain. If you can ever learn how to worship when you don't feel like it and just figure out at the end of the day I've got one thing to stand on. God is taking care of me. This ain't my problem. This is God's problem. And because it's God's problem, I'm not going to sit around and wait for everything to get perfect. I'm going to praise him now. Things are bad in this kingdom, <laughs> but not in my kingdom. I love, and then, hold on a second, let me, I, that rabbit just run right in front of me and I got to chase him. Think of all the services that you've missed your miracle. Well, I want you to think back right now. Your favorite running partner ran and you didn't run with him. They come and got you by the hand, tried to pull you up to the front. You said, I ain't going. Preacher said, somebody shout. I ain't doing it. Because you were worried about what was going on, and the truth of the matter is, you can't fix it no way. Unfortunately, life throws you some things sometimes that are worse than a blowed out tire. There's some things you can't fix. And no amount of fretting over it. I, I know this is simple preaching, but it's just what the Holy Ghost told me to tell you. No amount of, of, of crying about it is going to fix it. So if you can't fix it by worrying about it, why don't you just try worshiping about it? You've tried everything else and that didn't work. Jesus teaches us this. He teaches us this. He says... He, he tells us, he says, it's in the text. I'm not going to read it all. But let me, let me just give you the, the shortcut version. <laughs> Jesus says, I love how he does this. He, he slaps worry so hard in the face. He says, which one of you by taking worry, by worrying, can add a cubit on, onto your height? You know what Jesus is saying? If worrying worked, why aren't you taller? Why aren't you slimmer? Why aren't you richer? Why don't you live in a bigger house? Why don't you drive a nicer car? If Jesus, this is what Jesus said. If worrying worked, which one of you can worry yourself taller? Go ahead, I'm waiting. If it really works. See, well, I, I'm not going to get up there and dance and act foolish because, you know, I, I got all this stuff going on. Well, if that works, then why have it been fixed yet? Jesus says, if you could worry your way out of it, you'd have done it a long time ago. If walking around and fretting about it would have fixed it, it would have been fixed a long time ago. You know what you're doing? You're taking valuable time out of your, you only get to come here three times a week and sit down and hear the preaching. And instead of worrying about what Pastor Bradford's preaching, you're sitting there looking at your phone and all your bills list trying to figure out if you're going to be able to make ends meet. Come on, I'm telling you right now. If, if that worked, you would already be rich. Don't worry about all that stuff. Take no thought for tomorrow. For tomorrow will take thought for itself. Right now you're in church. This is what Jesus is doing. He's preaching to them and he's saying, while you're in church, 
Forget about all that. While you listen to the preaching, forget about all that. God's bigger than it, and he will take care of it. Why take ye thought for your raiment? Matthew 6. Can we put that up there? Matthew 6 and 28. Why take ye thought for your raiment? Consider the lilies of the field. They grow. They toll not. Neither do they spin. Verse 29. And yet I say unto you that even Solomon in all his glory was not arrayed like one of these. Next verse. Wherefore. Somebody say wherefore. wherefore. You know what that means? This is deep. It means why. Well, that's powerful, ain't it? Why? If God so clothed the, clothed the grass of the field, which today is, and tomorrow's is cast in the oven, shall not much more clothe you? And then he just really gets us where it hurts because we're, we're, we're God's people. We walk with God. We are apostolic. Oh, ye a little faith. Don't, you don't know who I am. I go to the first Pentecostal church of the greater Bakersfield area. You a little faith? Let's go to verse 31. Watch this. First of all, Jesus says, wherefore, which is why. But can I tell you that your wherefore will always be followed up by God's therefore? Because therefore means for this reason. So humanity says, why? And divinity says, for this reason, take no thought, saying what you shall eat or what you shall drink or wherewithal we shall be clothed. He says, look, he, he's preparing preparing his people. And he says, I, I, I know you don't understand why. God, I don't understand why bad things are happening to good people. I don't know why my family's a wreck. I don't know why my money's upside down. But listen to this. God says, for this reason, take no thought. Because you're never going to understand why. Because life is, it, it amazes me. And I know I said this a couple weeks ago, but I'm going to say it again because it applies really good right here. It amazes me the amount of people that come to church and when they were in the world and problems hit them between the eyes, it was just life. But then they get in church and life happens and it's God's fault. It's like they switched it up and like you didn't know who God was. When life happened, well, I guess it's just my it's just my field of plow. But you get in church, and it's God's fault. And it's the preacher's fault. And it's the Sunday school's fault. And, and, and it's the music director. And it's everybody's fault. When life just happened, and God says, when you deal with life, you need to stop worrying about it. And just put your faith in God. Because he makes the lilies grow, and he feeds the birds, and are you not more than they? Aren't, are you not better than the birds? If my eye is on the sparrow, don't you think that I'm walking with you and I'm talking with you the same? Tell you this about the birds. The Bible never says, which I'm sure he does, but it doesn't take time to say, I know the number of the hair of their head. It, it doesn't take time to say to the sparrow before you were in the egg and pecked your way out in your mother's nest, I knew you. But he did tell me that. And he did tell you that. 
And he said, listen, I, I, I know you, you feel like you're just blundering through life, but I know where you are because I got my hand on you. And I'm walking with you. And I'm talking with you. And, and I'm, I'm with you every step of the way. That's why David could say, though I walk through the valley of the shadow. He had a revelation. I'm better than the birds. God's taking care of me. I'm trying to hurry this morning, but in, in preparation, my mind was brought to a man that everyone champions, but nobody wants to be like. His name is Job. And it's throughout the book of Job that it's a constant threat, uh, thread of God reminding Job of who he is by nature. Job's life is not, at the is not at the top of the list of who we want to be like when we start thinking, I want my life to parallel this Bible character. As a matter of fact, he's the last on the list. Everybody wants to be like David and Abraham and all of them. Nobody wants to be like Job. He loses his livestock, his children, bank account, his 401k, and even the dog leaves. That's bad. Job is stripped down to nothing. One after another, his body is covered in balls, and he's sitting in ashes, and he's scraping his body, with, and his wife walks up and says, why don't you just curse God and die? But Job had a revelation that this life's full of choices, and if cursing God and dying is on the table, then blessing God and living must be on the table too. I know it'd be a whole lot easier to curse God and die right now, but can I tell you that you have other options and the devil would love to convince you that it's over and you might as well throw in the towel, but there are options. And if you'll just come to church and worship, if you'll just keep blessing the name of the Lord, there's, there's a lot of preaching material in the middle chapters of Job and nobody preaches them. We preach the first part of Job and we hit the fast forward button and get to the last part of Job. That's the only part of Job we preach because it's the only part that's preachable. The rest of it shows too much humanity because we always shout and dance, oh, I'm going to be like Job, though he slay me, yet will I trust him. But let me tell you some other things that Job said. Wherefores were very common in his, in his way of talking. He said, wherefore, why? Hast thou set a mark against me? That's Job chapter 7, verse 1. We don't, we don't preach about that. We preach about Job losing everything and Job getting it all back because he trusted God. But we forget the fact that Job was flesh just like you and me. And Job said, why have you got it out for me, God? Why have you got a mark against me? Job 10 and 18, wherefore am I brought out of the womb, God? Why am I even born? This is a different Job than we preach. This don't sound like the same guy that we sing the songs about. Job 21 and 7. Here I am living right. Wherefore do the wicked live and become old and mighty in power? Huh. Says the bad guys keep getting all the power and they live long and I'm trying to live righteous. And it looks like I'm about to die. And not only am I going to die, I'm going to die having lost everything that I have. And, and Elihu preaches, and in Job chapter 38, it's one big therefore. It's one big for this reason. And God begins to tell Job, where were you when I laid the foundation of the earth? Where were you when I hung the stars in the sky? 
Where were you when the mountains came back and the sea, or the mountains came up out of the sea and, and the seas abated and stayed on the beaches? Where, Job, where were you? You know what God was telling Job? Job, I've been God a long time. I've been in control a long time. I was God before this problem ever showed up. I was God before your situation. Job, I was God before you were even born. I was there when the lights came on. When someone said, let there be light, that was me, Job. And if you don't think I know what I'm doing, I want you to just look around because I know you feel hopeless and I, I, I know you feel like it's the end, but Job, I've been God a long time. And because I've been God a long time, stop trying to do my job for me. Just let me be God. And if you'll let me be God, everything will work out all right. And let's, let, they, they're not going to believe me if I just read it to them. Job chapter 38 and verse 41. Put that up there. This is God talking to Job. He asked Job a question. Job, who provideth for the raven? Oh, after the Holy Ghost. You know what he was saying? Job, who provideth food for the raven? When his young ones crying to God and they wonder for lack of meat. That was an Old Testament way of God telling Job, Job, uh, if I'm taking care of the raven, son, uh, I'm going to take care of you. You're better than the birds, Job. Uh, I know you feel like giving up. Uh, I know you feel like throwing in the towel. But I'm the God that takes care of the raven. Uh, and I'm reaching through the hands of time. Uh, and I'm letting you know I've got it all in control. And you can't see the end from the beginning. But I am the end. And I am the beginning. I've got it figured out. And I've got it in control. Just go ahead and worship, Job. Don't worry about it. Because I'm going to work it all out on your behalf. Come on, I'm preaching to somebody today that came to church on Sunday morning. And you've been wringing your hands. If he fed the raven, he's feeding you. He's taking care of you. Oh, my God, I feel the Holy Ghost. I'm telling you, if you can just get it in your head that God's going to take, God's going to make a way that you can get a miracle in this Sunday morning. If you can just forget about the worry and start worshiping, you can get what you came for. You can get what you need. I'm telling you, you may feel like your back's up against the wall, but somebody said it like this. He's an on-time God. Yes, he is. I, I know you feel like you ain't got nowhere to go, but he's an on-time God. Yes, he is. Job said he made not come when you want him but honey he's going to be there right on time every time because he's an own come on I dare you this morning to leave your worry at the door and pick up your and pick up the shoes of worship and put them on your feet and when you come to church you come with a made up mind I'm leaving worry and I'm picking up worship and I'm going to watch God make the way I'm going to watch God work a miracle I'm going to watch God work it out Musicians, help me. I'm closing. So if I'm better than the birds, stand with me. I'm done. I'm, I promise. If I'm better than the birds, I, I had to ask the question, Brother Bradford, what do birds do? So I asked my assistant, Brother Google. And for the predominant uh, percentages of birds, most birds 
sing. And I, so I, I started looking up some stuff through National Geographic and all that good stuff. And this is what I found out. That for the most part, birds sing almost 70% of the day. And I thought, if I'm better than the birds, what would happen if when I get up in the morning, I do like David and say, seven times a day do I praise thee? What, what would happen if I got up like David and said, oh, sing unto the Lord a new song? Sing unto the Lord all the earth. What would happen if while I'm in the middle of the trouble and the trial, I would just throw my hands up and instead of spending 70% of my time worrying about what's going to happen and worrying about how I'm going to get out, I'd spend that 70% leaping for joy and running the aisles and giving God praise because I know I'm better than the birds and God is going to take care of me. It might not be a blown out tire. It might be your children are a wreck. Your mama and daddy are in turmoil. I don't know what it is for you. But I wonder what God sees when he looks down out of heaven. I, I know how good I feel, Brother Bradford, when somebody pats me on the back. He says, you're doing a good job. And I'm created in the image of God. I wonder what it does for God when there's a saint that comes to church on Sunday morning and gets down in the well. Lord, I love you. I'm broken. I'm hurting. Everything's going wrong. Everything's turned upside down. Nobody likes me. Nobody loves me. Nobody cares. Nobody in it. But God, you care. And I know that I'm better than all the birds in the world. You told me that I was better. You told me you were taking care of me. I, I, I don't know how I'm going to pay my bills this month. But God, I give you praise. God, I give you glory. God, I give you thanks. God, I give you everything I am. Because I know you're going to take care of me. I'm better than the birds. And so I'm going to sing. I'm going to praise. I'm going to shout. I'm going to give you glory because I know you're going to make a way. Come on, somebody praise him. Somebody give him glory. Thank you, 